Hello friends and welcome to episode number 214 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I forgot where you lived there for a minute. <laughs> uh, it's playoffs. 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 Playoffs are here. Cannot wait. The bracket is set. The games all start tomorrow. They start tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah. It is, it is Friday tomorrow. <laughs> so it's almost like Christmas Eve except baseball. Yes. Theme. Correct. Right on. I'm excited, man. Uh, what are your What are your like uh initial like what's your gut reaction? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, like Haley asked me that yesterday. You're like, yeah. uh, the regular season is over. What's your gut reaction? And I, all I said was the Blue Jays won one more game than last year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was such a, an agitating response. I, I know. I, I get tell, it. I could tell that you were mad about it. I was like, I said we were eating, uh, we had made nachos for supper last night. And I was like, uh-oh. I just, uh, I just gave Patrick like the most ba- boring response and she was like i hope you guys get a chance to recreate that on the podcast so i'm glad we did i was, I was <laughs> so mad I, I remember i used to was like okay <laughs> yeah i was like god damn it give me something better than that but it's i mean it's true we won one more game than we did last year we made it into the wild card i think we could have won uh two fewer games and we would still would have made the wild card that is correct 89 would have got us in yeah um yeah, what were the final standings? I don't even remember at this point. I don't, I don't you know? Know. Look, I'm not guy. You know what? Uh, we're not about accuracy. Oh, actually, Tampa only had 86 wins. They could have won six fewer games. They could have technically won nine fewer or eight fewer games, and then yeah. won the Baltimore still. So, well, <laughs> we didn't. We won 92, it which is what it is. feels pretty good. I'm sure I, does. like uh, now that the season's done and we can kind of look back. Uh, we had the exact September that we needed close strong a four and one record in october very strong that means we went 22 and 11 uh to close out the year and actually if you go back to august 17th in game 116 to game 162 our record is pretty fucking good i think it's like 20 or, uh, or more like 30 something in 18 or something like it's ridiculous like it's it's strong we were one of the best teams uh in mlb after the all-star break we have earned the playoff spot and now the bracket is set we're going to talk about the bracket we're going to talk about all the starters um it's and it's an exciting time if you like what we do uh twitter at bfmd podcast we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Website, bfmdpodcast.com. Uh, go ahead and leave us a rating uh, of five stars. And uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. I just want to talk about the bracket, man. Yep. Let's start Let's, let's start at the top, though. I, obviously, we're going to talk about Seattle and, and Toronto a million times. But let's start with the top, tippy top of the American League bracket. You've got the number three seed. Uh, Cleveland Guardians facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are the sixth seed in a best of three that will take place in Cleveland. Justin, uh, do you want to drop a prediction, or how do you feel about this matchup? Who does it favor? Uh, Cleveland in three, because mm, okay. I think that they have a they have, these teams are very similar, right? Like they both kind of have like those pesky offenses. 
not a whole ton of power. Like obviously they ha- like the Guardians have Jose Ramirez who yes. can hit bombs. Yes. But like not a ton of power. Like you think of their outfielders. Like you've yeah. got Quan for Cleveland who's just like never strikes out. Stephen Quan, great player. Quan. Um, both teams run hard. Um, both teams play good defense. Starting pitching, I think maybe Tampa has a slight advantage. Obviously McClanahan and Rasmussen have had really good years. But I mean the Guardians have Shane Beaver, so and Tristan McKenzie's been pretty good for them. Um, I wonder if Cal Quantrill's going to get a start in this series. He's had a pretty good year. But I still think Cleveland wins this. I think it'll take three games. Um, but the dream is alive for no postseason baseball at the Trop this year. And <laughs> that's why I'm picking Cleveland. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going in a different direction. I'm going to say Tampa Bay in three because it wouldn't make for good radio if I didn't. Uh, but also, I believe in this Tampa team. I think they have the pitching. Uh, they've got a nasty uh, bullpen. Uh, is that yeah. what guys do now? Or guys and girls on the internet do now? They go nasty? I don't know if they've done that since like the 50s, but... Oh, boy. Okay, well... There was no internet back then. I'm not that old. Um, they got a nasty bullpen. I think they've got the strongest bullpen in the American League, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and they have the ability to scratch runs. It's so annoying. They're the most annoying team in baseball by far. <laughs> uh, Can't I confirm. Just, I can't stand playing them. Uh, I don't like it when they win, and I like it when they lose. But they're going to beat Cleveland two games to one. They're all going to be super tight games. Uh, I they're just they're pesky they're annoying i don't like playing them and they're gonna win to get to the next round uh let's all right we'll do just a quick hop to toronto your fourth seed at home against seattle uh just give me like your gut reaction so we can move on to the other uh wild card brackets and then we'll come back to toronto seattle uh you want predictions right now just a quick do you want to just bypass Toronto Seattle? Yeah, let's talk about this one at the end since I'll be like the right. main focus of our That's episode. Yeah, that's the, the crux of what we do and yeah. why we do it. So, <laughs> uh, All right, let's go to the American League. you got the three-seed St. Louis Cardinals at home up against the six-seed Philadelphia Phillies who kind of slide sideways into the playoffs. Uh, well, I guess that's not fair, but they, it's they're in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It is what it is. Uh, what's what's your reactions to this one? What's your gut say? Cardinals in two. Um, wow, that's cool. I, I think well, the Cardinals have, uh, in my opinion, the top two National League MVP vote-getters in Paul Goldschmidt yeah. and Nolan yeah. Arenado. Obviously, Freddie Freeman and Trey Turner have really good seasons for the Dodgers as well. And they, they were first mm-hmm. and second in, in hits in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that St. Louis is kind of like the... I don't want to say the Cinderella team because they're like they're keeping the pool hole stream alive still, um, but yeah. I just think that they are just so much better than Philly. I mean, we the Jays played Philly recently and they've got all sorts of issues defensively, and you you can't make mistakes yep. like that in the playoffs. And I think outside of Philly's kind of top four hitters, there's just not a lot of depth there. Obviously, no. they have pretty good pitching, but I think. I yeah, think the Cardinals are better. So yeah, I I think so too. Uh, I'm gonna say Cardinals in three because I I don't. It's so you see your your starter could go out there and throw a stinker. Oh, and yeah. then you're down one nothing without even. I just think it's gonna happen personally. But. 
Yeah, I don't. Think, <laughs> I, I I don't know if I do either, but I'm, I still it get, three games gives me more wiggle room. I think Philly Fair. might steal one. Might, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I'll say yeah, St. Louis is moving on. I think they're too strong of a team. I think they're very underrated. I think that people sleeping on them are going to be surprised. And we'll talk about further in the bracket a little bit later. Um, The next matchup is the fourth-seeded New York Mets, uh, who failed to win their division after having a a ten-and-a-half game lead. Uh, Several months ago, they frittered that away. They lost the division. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, They will play uh, host to the fifth-seed San Diego Padres, who... Clinched their playoff spot uh, about a week ago. Uh, San Diego Padres powerhouses with their newly acquired Juan Soto. They've got Manny Machado. Uh, the gang's all here except for I think Fernando Tatis isn't back yet, is he? Or is he? Am I wrong? Uh, no, he remember back? he got suspended for drugs. Oh yeah. He ain't coming back, <laughs> boy. We'll see him next mm, summer, maybe. I'm going first this time, and I'm going to say Mets in two. Yeah. Disrespect uh, intended. <laughs> Much disrespect. I, I I would love to say Mets in two, but we saw the Braves get to Scherzer and DeGrom last weekend in that yeah, series. Yeah, the Braves. So, yeah, I mean, the Padres are pretty good offensively as well. Sure. And they And they do have some good pitching as well, too. Okay. So right. I, I think this one will go three, but, yeah, I, I do think it's the Mets. I hope it's the Mets because – I feel bad for Mets fans because they've been getting like, kind of shit on on Twitter the last couple of days. Oh, they've earned it. Yeah, I mean, they've they, earned they it. Talk, they talked as much shit as the Yankees did. Obviously, the Yankees ended up winning the division, whereas the Mets didn't. won 101, 101 games and didn't, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, I love it. But that's what happens when you lose two to three to your, your rival in the last weekend of the season. So yeah, they fumbled it. They, they blew dropped it. the ball. Yeah, they should have ran the ball with Marshawn Lynch and they decided to pass it instead. Um, that's brutal. Oof. But yeah, Mets, Mets in three. Okay, all right. So uh, we will let's bounce back to Toronto, Seattle. This is obviously what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, we we won't go any further in the bracket until after it's all. You know, we see what happens. It's not worth guessing. We'll see how right we are. We'll keep track of uh, how we how we did on our performance. Um, here it is, though. Uh, Toronto hosting Seattle. We are avoiding uh, going on the road for the first round. Thank God. <laughs> uh, what's your gut reaction here? I, well, obviously I'm a Jays fan, and yes. my gut reaction tells me the Blue Jays will win the series. I I don't <laughs> know if they will sweep it in two games, yeah. but I have I have a pretty high degree of confidence that the Blue Jays will win. Yeah, uh, obviously we're a Blue Jays podcast. Maybe we're biased, but we'll, mm-hmm. we can break down everything. Uh, I think the Jays lineup is just too strong, and I think that while Seattle does have uh, good starting pitching and a uh, very respectable bullpen, certainly stronger than the Jays, I just think their lineup is so much stronger than Seattle's that I, I just... It's a, uh, it's not a very even matchup when it comes to the lineups. No, definitely not. I mean, just looking at like 
deal with like runs scored statistics this year and kind of just generic offensive numbers i mean the blue jays have scored ops it's yeah yeah blue jays have the second best offense in baseball this year by a a lot of metrics so and the mariners had a hard time scoring runs at times um yeah it's a huge advantage offensively for the blue jays but as we kind of flip the script to talk about pitching we know that in the playoffs it's often good pitching that beats good hitting especially over a short series right like this isn't 162 games anymore this is you've got three games you got to win two or else you're going home yeah so i, I mean. feel pretty confident <laughs> i understand there's a lot to deconstruct here as far as well who won the regular season series does that really matter no the answer is <laughs> seattle and the answer is also no it doesn't matter the team went into seattle how many months ago two three months ago uh, coming off a very emotional time for the team, where uh, obviously the tragedy of uh, mm-hmm. Mark Budzinski. Julia Budzinski yeah. uh, passing away, uh, point blank, that fucked up the team. Yeah, That affected them. Big that time. was rough. And uh, they went in there and they lost, uh, I think, three tight games. I think and it was one... four games, actually. <laughs> it was four, yes, but they yeah. lost. Three of them were tight. The other one was a stomp. Yeah. Uh, and they walked out, uh, you know, on the wrong side of a sweep. And, of course, Seattle fans, LOL, tee-hee-hee, thanks for spending all your money, Canada. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. Yeah, you're welcome for stimulating your economy, America. Yeah, that was one of the dumbest, like, uh, flexes. Attempt I to own of it all, all it. time, it was, yeah. There's just like, did you get any of that money? No? No. Okay, well, whatever then. <laughs> um it was fun. It was fun to see the Jays fans take over a ballpark uh, so easily. Uh, and it's something that's happened repeatedly for many decades now in Seattle. Even when the Jays are bad. <laughs> Even when the Jays were garbage uh, and Seattle was good, uh, the Jays fans would take over the Seattle. Uh, they would conquer the, the Seattle field uh, like, I don't know, it was just a very dominant, <laughs> aggressive fashion. And I'm emphasizing this point because now the Jays have home field advantage. I highly doubt there's going to be very many Seattle fans in the stands. Uh, and if there are, they better uh, they better mind their P's and Q's because there's going to be a lot of rowdy jackasses in the crowd for Toronto, yep. Yep. I imagine. Um, although re- I really hope that uh, everybody behaves themselves. Agreed. Uh, like last time with the beer throwing and all yeah, that. None of that Don't- nonsense. I know. If I see any of that, I'm going to be so pissed. Be we'll nice to the, Yeah, if you see a Seattle fan, be nice to them. Don't be an asshole. Don't throw beer. Don't throw batteries. Don't throw shit onto the field. Just watch the fucking Who brings batteries to a baseball game anyway? Uh, it was a... Well, I mean, I don't think Jays fans have ever whipped batteries, but it was a problem when John Rocker was, was in Atlanta. Okay. I don't know, you're probably too... I don't really remember that. You're too, uh, you're too young to remember that. John Rocker was... You can look him up. I know who he is. is. is, Yeah, he is who he is. He got batteries whipped at him for many years. Yeah. uh, I mean, we won't get into whether or not it was justified or not, but uh, he is an asshole. Uh, (laughs) You don't have to look very far to find that. Mm-hmm. Uh, find that out. You can just watch him on Survivor. I think it was Survivor. He was. Yeah, on. he was Jesus. on Survivor. That's Jesus where. That's Christ. where I know him from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody be nice, okay? <laughs> or they'll take away our baseball. Yes. Um, let's get right into the the juicy shit when it comes to this. Uh, the pitching matchup is really where these teams are closest. 
Uh, and I would say, like, at best, it's pretty much a push as far as who's better. Uh, let's start off, though. Uh, Justin, take us through the Seattle starters, and then we'll talk about our boys here in the six. Yeah. So we know Seattle has already, well, they've, they've listed their starters for games one, two, and three. Game one is going to be Luis Castillo, who the Jays actually saw once this year when he was still a member of the Cincinnati Reds when they came to Toronto. Um, they did beat him in that game, but he had a quality start. He only gave up two runs over six innings or something like that, if I remember did correctly. Did win the game? The Jays did win, yes. Um, right. It was a tight game. Jays won. They were able to score two runs off him, and that was enough that day. Castillo has always had, like, he's got, it's got an amazing changeup. We, we know that it's been talked about for years. We've talked about it multiple times when we've expressed the desire to trade for this guy. And we, again, we talked about it a lot. Uh, yeah, he's great. This, he's this great. year. He also throws a, a very hard fastball. He averages 97 miles an hour on it. He throws, mm-hmm. um, the four seam fastball about 33% of the time. And then the sinker about 24% of the time. So, those are his most two used pitches. Then the changeup comes in at 22% and the slider at 21. So he's a pretty balanced guy. He doesn't rely on just one pitch. He's actually throwing the changeup a lot less this season over last year. Last year it was at 30%, so he dropped it about 8%. It was his most used pitch last year. Um, looking at the, the data, uh, the pitch that gets hit the most is his sinker which isn't surprising, but it's a 277 batting average. The four-seam fastball only has a 152 batting average against, and he doesn't give up a ton of home runs. He's only given up 13 home runs all year, um, which is pretty good for a starting pitcher who started... He only started 14 games, so he basically gives gives up a home run per start. Not too bad. One home run per about, eh, let's say, seven and a half innings based on my mental math there. He was hurt to start the season, but has pitched incredibly well to a two, 286 ERA this year. I'm and, gonna make some yeah. <laughs> counterpoints, and I'm wondering if you if you want to chip in on this yeah. too. Uh, I'm not terribly concerned about the fastball, even though it is a very strong pitch. The Jays, uh, it seems like the the harder a fastball is, the better they seem to be able to hit it. It's almost like they've Correct. been trained or prepared to hit. The fat, like a super fast ball like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, the average is what ninety seven, you said. Yeah, ninety seven miles an hour, and the Jays, yeah. like you said, they they do have a, a relatively uh, good batting average against uh, high uh, velocity. They have a really not so good uh, batting average as a team against the changeup. Yes. <laughs> which is going to be problematic because mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm that they're going to be mixing their pitches a lot. You're going to see a lot of sinkers, a lot of change-ups, probably not as many sliders, but you might see some. Uh, and obviously Castillo will lean on uh, the fastball. Uh, I don't know what it, it's like for movement. That could be an interesting factor. Well, four-seamers uh, are typically relatively flat, so. Yes. Uh, I don't think he has too much movement on his fastball, but no. um, great year for him. Great year for Castillo. He got that big juicy deal as well uh, sure at did. the end of the year, and then he tossed an absolute uh, junk game that uh, I'm sure that uh, it's very forgettable for Mariners. Uh, but he did bounce back, and he had uh, two good starts, two quality starts to finish the year, or one one quality start. Sorry, against the Athletics. 
who are one of the worst teams in baseball. But, you know. Uh, and actually, it was two yucky starts in a row. One against the Athletics, one against uh, the Royals. And then he bounced back October 1st with a good quality start. Um, I think we've kind of said everything we need to say about this uh, this matchup. I am not as scared of Castillo, uh, but uh, he I don't even think he has more experience than Manoa does in the playoffs. I don't even think he's ever thrown in the playoffs. He's the pitch for the Reds, so chances are probably not. Probably um, not. <laughs> yeah. Game two, I'm... the Mariners are going to toss a guy that all Blue Jay fans are familiar with, and that's Robbie Ray. Uh, obviously... We know very well what he did last year, winning a Cy Young Award for the Jays, and yep. then taking a very similar deal to Kevin Gosman to go to Seattle. We did. We're 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 pretty highly we're highly sure that he was unvaccinated because he was not able to travel, or he did not travel with Seattle when they came to Toronto. He had pitched the day before and ended up just staying in Seattle, which is a weird move. But obviously, with uh, the government dropping all vaccine requirements as of the end of September, it no longer matters if he is or is not vaccinated. So that's a fun. That would that would have been a fun storyline <laughs> if the regulations hadn't changed. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, this season, Robbie Ray has changed a couple of things. Patrick, he still throws fastball slider primarily with the four seam and a sinker comprising that fastball usage. Um, the four seam fastball, he's actually throwing. 39% of the time, which is a 20% drop over last year when he threw it 59% of the time. The big thing that he's increased this year is the use of that sinker, which yeah. he, he literally, he threw five sinkers last season and he's thrown um, 634 this year. So it's went from 0.2% to 20.8. Um, it, it's an interesting change. And I mean, the sinker has been the pitch that's been getting hit the hardest. It's got a 299 average against. Yeah. Versus the 226 and a 181 on the four seam and the slider, uh, but it's definitely we we know we we saw a few times last year, especially later in the year when teams just weren't swinging at the slider anymore, and I think this just gives him another look, right? And yeah. the fastballs, his four seam fastball is super straight. Slider obviously moves a lot and it moves away from righties, whereas the sinker is going to actually come back in towards righties, and I mean. If a guy is sitting on a four-seam fastball and Robbie Ray, they think he's going to throw a slider, but it ends up being a sinker, that sinker could be right down the middle. You might you might freeze on it because you're expecting it to dive away from you, and it doesn't. So it definitely it makes sense to me. We talked about it. We wanted him to throw another pitch. I was hoping he'd throw a changeup, but, I mean, the sinker is basically the changeup version of the fastball. It has the yeah. same, same movement for a righty. Let's, um... Um, but it's interesting. <laughs> Some counterpoints. Uh, obviously, the Jays are very familiar with what Robbie Ray brings to the plate. Yep. Um, pun intended. No pun intended or pun intended? Kind of pun intended, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was intended. <laughs> uh, the fastball, obvious, obviously, again, <clears throat> the Jays, uh, they're quite good at hitting fastballs. <clears throat> and as that is... Uh, Robbie Ray's bread and butter. I guess that would be the bread. While the slider is the butter, they're painfully aware of this, the big sweeping slider. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Robbie Ray, obviously, in his last five starts, got uh, beat up three times, and that kind of impacted, uh, I, I guess, his 
his statistic performance for the for the year. Um, definitely a down year compared to what he did last year. Uh, I don't know if it's run support really that kind of got him twelve losses to his twelve wins. I haven't gone that deep into it, but uh, yeah, he didn't have a great September. Um, you might as well throw it all out the window though when you get into the playoffs because it's kind of a fresh start. Right. Uh, I'm I'm significantly less concerned about the matchup against Robbie Ray just because we we know what he has. We wrote the book. He he worked with Pete Walker to get these pitches where they were to start. Uh, you know that gave him that renaissance. So I, I do not fear his stuff. I don't underestimate it though. We just know what he's got. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of works out. Uh, what do we got for game three? For game three, Seattle is going to be throwing Logan Gilbert. All right. Yeah, and the Jays have seen him already this year too. And if I remember, I think he had a reasonably good game against them. I haven't gone back to look because, like we said, it doesn't matter anymore. It's the playoffs now. It uh, doesn't. Gilbert's but... savant page is a little bit different. I mean... He's near the bottom of the league in terms of like hard hit and average exit velo, but he doesn't walk a ton of people. So when he does give up this, this hard contact and I mean, there's not typically a lot of people on base, which is a good thing for him because like I said, he's, he's in the bottom 1% of the league when it comes to max and uh, max exit velo and bottom third or bottom 3% for, uh, average exit velo so this guy he does give up some contact the good news is he does throw a 96 mile an hour fastball and it's it's a four seamer pretty straight he'll throw a slider and as well as a curveball and then he does mix in a change up every now and then as well too fastball 54 percent of the time patrick slider 24 curveball 12 change up eight and then they even have like 41 sinkers registered but we're not going to worry about that no um, he's probably not going to throw one yeah he gave up 19 home runs on the season which is thir- or 13 less than Robbie Ray gave up this year. Um, and he did make 32 starts. So he doesn't give up a ton of homers. And like I said, not a ton of walks. So the big thing for this guy is going to be limiting base runners because there is a potential that if the Jays can string some extra base hits together, uh, that's how they're going to score runs against this, this guy. Maybe a couple of solo shots in there. But he had a 320 ERA on the year. The expected ERA was 411, so we did outperform the uh the stats a little bit but that's probably due to the fact that he doesn't just he just doesn't walk people so um yeah I, th- I think for this guy it's going to be a matter of of picking a pitch and trying to hit it because you're not going to get too many free passes kind of a tale of two seasons for him though not yeah. really a terrific april mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. not really uh i mean no he, he had a he had a, he had a really good april <laughs> Or am I looking at it wrong? Yeah, his his April numbers he he was three and zero with a zero point four ERA. He had a rough August. Oh, was I'm his looking at it month. wrong. That's why. Yeah. I'm looking at his May stats. Aren't yeah. really that great. He had a good September though, so he has finished strong. He was three and one in September over six starts with a two point zero ERA. Yeah, he had one clunker um, against Kansas City. The rest were all great starts. Yeah, he's been uh, solid. He had a rough July. And actually, against the Jays, uh, he threw seven innings, gave up three runs, took the L. Uh, still a quality start, though. Still a quality start. Still took the L. 
Uh, a couple other counterpoints. Again, it's another guy with a fastball that's got a lot of zip. Yep. Another slider combo, another bread and butter combo, though it kind of seems like there's more bread than butter uh, in his mix. Really leans hard on that fastball. I don't know if that's really uh, optimal for a matchup against the Jays, but we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> uh, I'm very impressed with his four-seam fastball. It seems to be his best pitch by a very wide margin. Everything else seems... I wouldn't say hittable, but uh, it definitely strikes less of uh, fear. Yeah. Uh, a lot of pressure for a 25-year-old uh, starter who's only in, I think, his second year. But uh, I can see why he's getting the nod. He's, uh, you know, he's had a pretty damn good year for a 25-year-old, and uh, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. Uh, see a guy who was drafted just four years ago in the first round already making an impact on the Seattle team. Uh, I His curveball tends to land in the zone almost all the time. I wonder if that's something be interesting to see how the Jays play this match. Yeah, the slider is definitely the out pitch. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think the curveball, he probably uses it similar to his stripling where he tries to use it as kind of like a get-me-over for a strike yeah. sort of pitch. And I think I think that's that's where the Jays can key in on it a little bit, maybe look for it early in the count. Yeah, um, they love to swing at the first pitch, so yeah. it would be very interesting to see what happens with that. But three very good starters. There's nothing here to really disrespect. Yeah. Um, I guess if you, you wanted to poof on anything when it came to... Uh, Logan Gilbert is that he, he does when he does give up hard contact it's hard yeah it uh, is and he's about an average strikeout uh, strikeout pitcher with great velo great extension but uh, not a lot of magic the same way there is with Ray or with uh, Luis Castillo let's talk about our guys though yeah so the Jays have only confirmed game one starters so far that's going to be Alec Manoa we know it's likely going to be Stripling and Gosman in some order for game two and three but yeah. Manoa is going to match up against Castillo uh, we all know what kind of season Alec Manoa had he was somehow even better than he was in his rookie year now you just mentioned Gilbert was drafted in 2018 Manoa was drafted in 2019 so and he's only 24 so we got a 24 year old taking them out in game one for the Blue Jays um, we know Manoa's pitch mix, fastball, slider, changeup, that fastball, four-seamer and a sinker, uh, four-seamer, 94 miles an hour on average. He can touch 96 with it at times. We know how he starts games kind of around that 91, 92 range and then dials it up. He gets guys uh, kind of looking for it, and then he will he'll, he'll, he can amp up and hit that 96 with it. The slider we know all about, that's the out pitch for Manoa. Filthy movement. He'll throw it to both lefties and right-handers. He'll back foot it on a lefty. He'll put it, throw it so far away to a righty. And then that sinker he's been working in quite a bit. Um, inside on righties, perhaps, more so than, than on the lefties. He does try and catch that front door with the sinker every once in a while on those lefties, but he primarily tries to jam those right-handers with it. And it's the same thing with the changeup. He'll throw it right kind of down and away to lefties, and then he'll kind of throw it middle in to right-handers to try and induce that soft contact, which he is very good at, Patrick. This guy is in the 92nd percentile in terms of hard-hit contact, so doesn't give up a ton of hard hit at all. 
um, 80th percentile for barrels, 70th for walks, uh, 73rd for average exit velo. So with, when you're looking at Manoa, you're looking at a guy who is like a master at limiting hard contact. We have seen him give up some home runs this year, um, but not a ton. Like, I mean, the guy gave up 16, 16 home runs on the season, mostly on the fastball. And a lot of the time it were solo shots. So not a lot. He doesn't give to, up to any base runners, similar to how Gilbert works, where he's not going to walk a ton. But unlike Gilbert, he does not give up the tanks. He does not give up the long, uh, hard contact. So we know what to expect with Manoa. The guy's going to go out there and battle and hopefully be dominant. Yeah, uh, by every metric that I can think of, he is the most <laughs> impressive starter out of any of the six starters yeah. who we expect to see. Uh, definitely has an edge on Luis Castillo. Uh, however, um, Castillo has the benefit of several more years of experience in yep. the bigs. I don't know if that will amount to anything necessarily, giving him an edge over Manoa. Manoa is just an absolute monster uh he's a buzzsaw he's a workhorse <laughs> uh yeah i don't expect anything less than a uh, six innings from him so i mean we and we've seen it so many times this year uh the four seamer is by far the pitch that uh you know uh, seems to overwhelm hitters uh but he's got such a great mix i just i I don't see any any sort of weakness uh, in Manoa's game. Um, not even the home run really is that much of a concern. No, not when he pitched as many innings as he did, almost hit 200. So. Yeah. It just overall, just what a what a tremendous season for him. I don't think he. Oh no, he did start against the Mariners. He went seven and a third. Three hits, two runs, one home run, four walks on seven strikeouts, which is actually not a, you know, not a classic Manoa performance, but at the same time is uh, kind of a great, uh, a great uh, start for him. He did take the L in that game. Uh, yeah, that was I in that series. Yeah, where yeah. We, just didn't, <laughs> we just lost every fucking game, but... Um, that's all right. That's yeah. all right. And uh, I mean, he's coming off a month where he pitched to a, a .088 ERA, which was the best month in Blue Jay franchise history in terms of ERA for a yeah, starter. Yeah, he, so. he is literally like, and it was the inning or the, or the uh, month that he pitched the most innings too. Yeah. Uh, he just looks, he looks like the strongest pitcher in baseball. I don't think anybody had the better September than he did. Nope. Uh, he averaged six and two thirds innings and. In, in yeah. September over over six starts and like, went at like least said, five innings in every start this year, by the way. Yeah, like I said, an absolute buzzsaw. And yeah. this is as good a starter as we could ask for going into game one. Let's talk about our, our, our game two and three starters. We don't really know what order they'll go in, but we'll talk about them anyway. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Gossman is going to start one of the next two games for the Blue Jays, signed to that big deal in the offseason and, and to replace Robbie Ray. He's really done with the Blue Jays, uh, everything that they've asked. Uh, this guy does not walk people. He's in the 97th percentile for walks, 99th percentile for chase rates. Thank you, Splitter. Uh, and 83rd in Ks, as well as 75th in, in, in uh, whiff percentage. This guy is a swing and miss master. 
the one thing we can say about Gosman is he has he has been hit hard this season more than he has in in previous years. Yes. Um, mostly on the fastball. Uh, the fastball opponents are actually hitting 333 against it, which is crazy. Uh, but against the splitter, they're hitting 191, and the slider they're hitting uh, th- 323. All those numbers are way ab- are well above the expected numbers, and that's because he's giving up five percent more line drives than he has in the past. Or than he did last year anyway. He's kind of around his career norms, but at the same time, early in the season, the Blue Jays were shifting too much on him. They have stopped that now, and his numbers have slowly improved as the season has gone along. Now he throws that four, that four seamer almost half the time, forty nine percent. The splitter is about thirty five, and the slider is just below fifteen. Um, you know what you're going to get with him. Like, obviously, this guy's capable of giving you innings as well, too. He missed one start this year when he took that line drive off the foot. Threw 174 and two-thirds innings over 31 starts. Threw a 335 ERA. The expected ERA was 334, so right in line with where uh, he should be. And he's one among the league leaders in FIP, uh, which is independent of fielder-independent pitching. So if he took out the impact of defense, he would be he would have even better numbers as because the shift was screwy. We know all about that. Um, throws 95 on the fastball, Patrick. He can gas up to 97. We've even seen some 98s out of him this season when needed. So look for look for Gosman to hopefully keep the ball on the ground against Seattle and trust the infield defense. Yep. So uh, some counterpoints again. Got to be fair. Uh, he did start against Seattle. He went five innings on seven hits. Uh, two earned runs, one of which was a home run, uh, mm-hmm. one walk, two, uh, three strikeouts in a loss that happened in May. Uh, I don't think he pitched against them in July. No, he did not. Um, didn't really have a terrific final start against Boston and didn't really have an exceptional September. Yeah, he left that final start with a a cut along his middle finger nail, and they basically said if if it was a playoff game, he would have stayed out there. Um, But he was more feeling it when he was throwing the splitter, and obviously, the Jays had clinched already, so there was no need for him to be out there. Um, So they, they had pulled him just to make sure that everything was all good. A lot of the problems I, I saw throughout the year with uh, with Kevin Gossman was that uh, the shift really screwed him. Yeah, and the, and the Jays stopped doing it. So <laughs> They did stop, and then guys just continued to tee off on him. If you look at his batting average, yeah. he gave, uh, conceded in uh, July, August, September, you didn't see too much of an improvement Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, he is a terrific, uh, basically two pitch pitcher. His bread and butter is the fastball. With the splitter, the splitter gets more whiffs than uh, any other pitch. I think on uh, his repertoire. Let me look at his whiff. Yeah, uh, yeah. His, his the whiff on the splitter is forty four point four percent, forty three percent carrot. Pretty yeah. nutty. Uh, the slider got banged up a lot this year, as did the four-seamer. Uh, but again, if it would be interesting to see 
what the uh, the more deeper metrics were when they stopped uh, over shifting. Yeah, just uh, for was... uh, for some reference, like his BABIP this year was three sixty three. It was two seventy four last year. So yeah. a big increase, and the actual the rest of the numbers are actually better. Like he's he struck out the same amount of batters, about ten and a half per nine. Walked only one point four batters per nine, and gave up less home runs than they did last season. All in all, he actually had a better F war. He went up. He went from four point eight in twenty twenty one to a five point seven this year. So, still an incredibly good season for Gossman. He's he's the kind of pitcher who, even though he does give up that hard contact, because he strikes out ten and a half batters per nine, he's capable of working his way to any jam. I expect him to probably start the third game, and the reason why is because they, I would imagine they will want to give him an extra day if they can. Yeah, here's the thing. If the Jays lose game one, he starts game two. No yes. questions asked. Yes. If the Jays win game one, then the Jays can make a decision on do they, not necessarily roll the dice, but do they go to Ross Stripping in game two in hopes that they can win that game? And then you have Gosman for game one of the next series on like a ton of rest. So that's the those are kind of the two scenarios that will play out. Yes. And speaking of Ross Stripling, <laughs> let's talk about him. Um, yes. Where would where would the Blue Jays be without Ross Stripling, Patrick? It's incredible. I mean, this guy. I don't want to say he he saved the season, but he definitely saved the rotation. You can say it. He saved. Yeah, the he's, season. he may have it's saved the season. Yeah. Um, Look at how many innings he logged in the final uh, four months of the year. Yeah, he we ended up making twenty four s- starts this year. <laughs> yeah, we would have been absolutely screwed. Yeah. If, uh, if we didn't have Ross Stripling, and uh, I'll let you get, get into the data first, and then sure. I'll, I'll counterpoint. Yeah, obviously he, he he did start. He started in every month of this season. Um, obviously took the place of Hunjin Ryu when he went on the IL first, and then obviously when he went on the IL again and had Tommy John. Ross Stripling stepped into the rotation and really didn't look back. I mean, this guy consistent all year. I mean. Pre All Star game, three oh three ERA. Post All Star game, three point zero zero ERA. Just incredibly consistent with for strips. The one thing you can say is he's not going to go super deep in a game. He'll likely give you five, maybe six, if you're if you're like if he's really going well, which is fine. For the most part, we've seen him give up one or two runs in in a start. You look at his game logs, and there's really the only one that really jumps out to you is is that Phillies game in September where he gave up five. Uh, earned runs on the road yeah, very uncharacteristic uncharacteristic yeah and other than that i mean you have to go all the way back to june before there was another start where he gave up four runs and only three of those were earned that was his worst start of the year that philadelphia start everything else we look at in september six innings three runs six innings two runs six and a third one run five innings one run and then this last start against boston he went six innings and only got four hits no walks, no runs, and strike out three. Like, really coming into the playoffs on, on a high note. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm confident starting Stripling in whatever game in this series, whether it's game two or game three, I don't care. Um, I think that he can get, he can deliver you a result that you need. And because he doesn't walk a lot of people, the Mariners won't be able to use their team speed. Like, Julio, Julio Rodriguez is insanely fast. And they have a couple other guys who can steal bases as well, too. If you don't give up base runners, you don't have to worry about that. And I think Stripling is the kind of guy that, that will... He makes the defense around him that much better because he's not giving up a lot of base runners. So there's not a lot of high-pressure situations on the defense. So 
I'm going to yeah. look for that as kind of a key for strips. A lot of his savant numbers, he doesn't throw super hard. Like his fastball average is 92. Throws a changeup in his slider, and then he got that has that curveball as well. But he's going to mix it up. He's the, He keeps you off balance because he does throw um, different pitches, right? He's He's got five pitches that he throws semi-regularly. I mean, the fastball and the changeup are his two big ones, and he'll work in the slider, the curve, and the sinker as well. So... You, yeah. you can't you can't sit on one thing because you you, not, not, you might not get it. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. What makes him so good this season is the picks or the pitch mix and the changeup. <laughs> uh, the changeup is one of the best changeups in baseball. Yeah. Uh, it, All of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that comes down to uh, Strips's uh, just tireless work since he was acquired by the Jays in 2020 to make adjustments. Yeah. Obviously he had a very rough 2020 and then a lot was asked of him in 2021. And when he got going from May to July, he was uh, more consistent than Robbie Ray was went on to win the Cy Young. Unfortunately he got hurt and the wheels kind of came off and he had a, he had a tough time putting it all back together at the end of the year Jays missed the playoffs. We don't get a chance to see what playoff strips would look like. He's never started in the playoffs before, but he has thrown innings, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I love his mix because it's, while there's nothing here that's going to blow you away, uh, to go from you know 92 on the fastball to 83 on the changeup to uh, a, uh, a, a slow but a, a very effective slider. Yeah. It's weird. He's got, it's like, I don't know. Actually, it's not really a slow slider. It's like his slider's above league, well above league average for miles per hour, but it's it's weird. It's like his mix is so good that it's like everything is either like way above or way below league average. Really, the slider sticks out to me. It's interesting. It's an interesting mix. And he's changed his delivery so much in the last two years. Last year, we started to see changes that led to uh, a lot of success. This year, he came out and he he was, in my mind, the best number three starter that I can recall uh, since 2016 that we've had. Just knocking him down, giving us a chance to win like every time he stepped on the mound and started. For sure. Uh, I, I really hope we get to see him come back. Uh, I'm not optimistic on that front, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> whatever he, whatever he ends up getting this offseason, he fully deserves it, though. So absolutely, yeah. Um, but for now, he is a Blue Jay, and he's got uh, a very interesting pit, pitch mix. Uh, my big fear, I think, is that Seattle might key in on uh, the four seamer or the curve. That's my biggest fear. Uh, but he doesn't throw the curve very often. No, he's kind of stepped away from it. Yeah. He's, throwing he's, really, more he's put a, a pretty big emphasis on mixing speeds with slider and the changeup. And then obviously he's got the fastball. Yeah. Great first pitch fastball. Uh, location, His location is so much stronger than I've ever seen it. Yeah, he's very pinpoint this year. And the big the big thing to look out for i mean he he, he threw his fastball 50 percent of the time last year patrick it's down to 33 this year and the changeup and the curveball were both about 15 last year the changeup has doubled to 27 and the curveball has fallen to nine so he's really become 
a fastball changeup pitcher, and the slider is actually yeah. the third most used pitch yeah. now. So, I yeah. mean, he's he's really embraced almost like the Luis Castillo or the Marco Estrada mindset of fastball changeup, and then whatever you throw as your third pitch is kind of that one you use to keep him off balance and maybe put him away. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you hit hit the nail on the head with the comparison with Marco Estrada, who had one of the best change-ups I've ever fucking seen for, yeah. for several years until, unfortunately, time got the best of him. Uh, but mm-hmm. in 2015-2016, dude was incredible. Unreal, yeah. And we're seeing uh, Strips do the same thing now, 2022. Uh, well, it's not overwhelming stuff. We've got three fireballers coming in from Seattle for sure uh, for game one, two, three strips is a different cat and uh, he's a cat. I want on my team. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you, you kind of nailed it on the head. Like Seattle is coming in with velocity and the Jays are coming in more with location. Um, all three of these blue Jays starters rely heavily on, on locating Gosman's about getting that splitter down using the fastball all over the zone and then throwing that slider. And then Manoa yeah. is just about jamming people and making them uncomfortable as hell with that slider. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, which team kind of overcomes the, the, the strategy against. And before we go, the last thing I want to talk about today is I want to, I want to go and, and take a look at some of these players for both teams. And I want you to tell me, Patrick, who do you think is kind of like the the key. Obviously, Julio Rodriguez is kind of like, he's the Mariners' best player. But outside of him, who is a key player that the Blue Jays need to shut down this series if they're going to be successful? Man, <laughs> Putting you on the spot here. That's a good question. I was ill-prepared to answer a question <laughs> That's like why this. I wanted to ask it, because I thought it would be a good one to ask. I mean, I, generally speaking, I, I'm, I am impressed with Ty France. I yeah. think he's got... Uh, he's got a lot of power, and he could be a bit of a problem. I don't know if he's a lefty or not, but um, he is on my radar. Uh, Eugenio, is it? It's not Eugenio. It's Eugenio. Yeah, Suarez. it's it's even yeah. pronounced. I think it's almost like a Eugenio or something like that. Uh, Ty France is a righty, by the way. Okay, I apologize for for mispronouncing the name. It's not my intention. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure Suarez, it either. <laughs> yeah, Suarez is a guy who strikes out often. Yeah. However, the power is power really is what there. makes him uh, a strong hitter. I yeah. would say he is on my radar of guys to be concerned about. Um, Cal Rally. Yeah. But again, Rally is like he's an interesting power. guy because yeah, he just has a ton of power, and that can be that can come in clutch in the playoffs. I was I was flir- floating between uh, France and Rally. Uh, but don't don't sl- sl- uh, sleep on Carlos Santana either. I was just gonna say I'm yeah. not even joking. I that dude him takes Carlos walks. <laughs> he is excellent uh, at avoiding chasing pitches. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't is... have a high batting average anymore, but he can still take a walk with the best no, of them. He's lost a step on the base paths too. Yeah, not uh, that he ever had. Arm strength <laughs> just isn't there anymore. Yeah, he's gonna primarily he... DH for you. He is as keen at the plate as he ever has been. Mm-hmm. And he could be the guy who, when he gets the opportunity, uh, mashes. Yeah, and, and don't, let really the, uh, don't let that 202 batting average fool you. He had a 253 expected based on the contact that he makes. So 
that guy that guy's capable of turning around a, a fastball anytime and, and like we said he'll he'll draw you a ton of walks too but yeah between it was between france and rally for me but santana's kind of that dark horse player now for the mariners to be successful patrick who is the blue jay that they need to shut down the most and let's try to avoid picking like vladdy bow vladdy or bow because those guys are obvious picks but like who needs to get shut down if the blue jays are going to lose this series it's George Springer. Yeah. Uh, George Springer is the most dangerous postseason hitter uh, of the last several years. He mm-hmm. has so much success, and everybody knows it. Uh, Springer as a leadoff hitter is phenomenal. Uh, he had a great season. He finished off the year with 25 home runs. Uh, we had several Jays, actually, that had that many home runs or more. Yep. Chappie had 27, Tasker had 25, George had 25, Laddie had 32. Bo uh, coming in there uh, with 24 to wrap up the year, saw a big boost in his average. I think it's George Springer. I think George Springer is the engine that drives this team, and if, if George Springer gets on the base paths more often than not, it's big trouble for Seattle. Yeah. Uh, especially because he's the, the uh, you know, the leadoff guy and you're following it up with Bo, who is coming on now <laughs> his last two months. He's been incredible. Yep. Uh, George represents the beginning and the end of your troubles. Uh, I think if you shut down George Springer, it sets a strong precedent for the rest of the lineup. Um, this lineup, this Jays lineup is uh, significantly stronger than Seattle's. There are a lot of guys you want to avoid mm-hmm. uh, pitching favorably to. I think Seattle will excel at shutting down Matt Chapman because he's been a victim of so many strikeouts with changeup pitch this year. I still want to know how many of Chappie's strikeouts are on called third strikes that were actually balls because it seems like a it's lot. almost every game. <laughs> uh, Teoscar Hernandez is yeah that that's actually my season. my pick is actually Teoscar because he's been playing right. so well lately, and I mean outside of the guys like the top four of Vladdy Bo Chappie and and Springer, in terms of like a lot of the offensive categories, Teoscar's there like he still has twenty five home runs. And he's had 150 less plate appearances than than Bo, uh, and he still hit one more home run than him. So for me, I, I think Teoscar is kind of like he's he's going to be a key player for the Blue Jays here, because he's going to be hitting fifth or sixth most days, maybe fourth if if something were to if Kirky's not in the lineup for some reason. Yeah, I get but, I get Batista yeah. vibes from Teoscar. Yeah, I feel like Teoscar's got that big moment kind of energy. Uh, about him and I do think that if if there's a situation later in a game where you're maybe down a run or two and there's a guy or two on base I think Teoscar is one of the guys that I would I would like to be at the plate because I I do think he has kind of that flair for the dramatic so he's going to be a key player for me there's also I think the big x factor in this entire series is actually lineup length yeah Uh, (laughs) the Mariners are going to have to deal with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as well Maybe. as, well, yes, we hope. Uh, as well as Santiago Espinal, probably. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, Danny Jansen, and Whit Merrifield, who have all hit 250 or better this year. Merrifield has come on quite a bit. So if Santiago and Gurriel are not available, you will see a healthy dose of Whit Merrifield, and he could be really problematic. Uh, he's hit quite well since coming to Toronto. I think he's something on 
uh, like 290, mm-hmm. something like that for his average since coming to Toronto. It must be that Johnson and Johnson. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Shut I'm up to Spencer on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's been a real boost for, yeah, no pun intended, great. for this lineup. He, uh, there's a lot of teeth on this lineup. There's really, you're not going to see Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, do, you know, with many PAs, you're not going to see Bradley Zimmer with oh, many God. PAs. If Bradley Zimmer gets a plate appearance in this series, something has happened. Something has gone terribly wrong. Kevin Biggio, I think we'll see a lot uh, for defensive replacement. Yeah, as well. I don't know if we'll see him start any games in no, this series. He does not do well so. against the Velo. I think Merrifield has really taken over that second base spot right now. For now, yeah. And the great yeah. thing about that is that trade, we, it, Merrifield comes with control. Can yeah, look, I, I think your lineup. Most games is going to be Springer, Bo, Vladdy, Kirk, Chappie or Teoscar, 5-6. Then you'll see like Tapia, Jano, and Merrifield somewhere in the 7 through 9 spots. Because I yeah. think Kirk and Jano are going to rotate DH in this series. Holy shit, Danny Jansen. Danny Jansen, yeah. 15 homers, he, a career high. It was only 300 plate appearances, or not even 248 plate appearances. He so. lengthens the lineup in a way that it's yeah. got to be frustrating for opponents, where he's he finished the year with a very respectable 260. Great comeback year for Danny. About 50 points above his career average coming into uh, the year. Really so. embracing his role as like a dead pull hitter. Yep. It's only 248 PAs. But the plate vision is there. Yeah, uh, the he, power uh, is there. He might be a problem. He might be a real <laughs> fucking problem. And he doesn't strike uh, out a ton is, either, which is good. If he's hitting seven or eight, yep, against Castillo and Ray, he's going to be a real fucking. Problem. That's what I'm thinking. I I do feel like you'll see you'll you will see Maryfield Tapia and and Jano near the bottom. Hopefully, Lourdes Gurriel gets back at some point. Obviously, we didn't see him at all against Baltimore when we were kind of hoping to. And Espinal is also a question mark as well. You you hope those guys are back for a divisional series should the Jays advance. But obviously, Tapia is not a bad option. He does provide you with some speed, a lefty bat. You throw him yes. in that seventh or eighth spot, and then you have yes. Merrifield and Jano at the bottom two to turn that lineup over. And yes. I think oh, if yeah. you get those guys on base, it's going to be tough to shut down George Springer because we know what he can do in the playoffs. Like you said, one of the best playoff performers of all time. Um, and then obviously you've got Vladdy, Blow and Vladdy, Bo and Vladdy right behind him. So it is a tough lineup. If the Jays can get guys on base and get to these Seattle starting pitchers, it could be a real problem. It could, it be, could a be a problem. real problem getting into the third and fourth inning and having to yeah. see Danny Jansen a second time. <laughs> That's the key. It's, it's not be That's good. the key for the Jays. If the Jays want to make this a short series, um, get to the Seattle starting pitchers, get guys on base. I don't care how it needs to happen. If you've got a bunt against a shift somewhere, fucking do it. It's the playoffs, baby. Oh, I'm all for it. But <laughs> knowing the Jays, they probably won't. <laughs> probably if not. You, but... Who's the X factor when it comes to pitching? Yeah, I uh, mean... We'll start with Seattle. Yeah, for me, it's Diego Castillo. Yeah. You know, he may, he, he yeah. didn't have like the same seasons that he's had with Tampa, but he does not give up hard contact, and he throws absolute gas. I think he's the key for Seattle do you uh, think, in their bullpen. Do you think we're going to see uh, any of the other starters come in as uh, 
I think if they're like, is George Kirby walking yeah, that door in the six or seven? I think or? George Kirby would be the one guy who would. Flexen had such a weird season where he was so bad for the first part, and then ended up like kind of turning it around quite a bit in the second yeah. half. But I think, yeah. uh, I think Kirby is is that Curry Kirby is going to be the the Mariners version of Barrios in this series, where if uh, a stutter does get rocked, those two guys will be the bulk dudes for either who, respective teams. So I, I think it's your. Which pitcher uh, out of the pen for Seattle uh, frightens you? Castillo. <laughs> yes, I would it's agree Castillo. with that too. Yeah. Uh, what a what a great year for him, and he's got oh, yeah. such good stuff. He's just a terrific, uh, terrific closer. Yeah. And um, he does he does make my hands sweaty. <laughs> uh, who's your uh, Who's your Blue Jay X factor on pitching? Oh, you go first for this one. From the pen, yeah, exclusively, yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing is, you look at the are uh, this pen, and the pen is much weaker than well, not much, but it's it is weaker than uh, less gas. That's for sure. Less gas for sure. I think the X factor in this pen is going to be, I I think you're we're gonna have the same guy. It's gonna be Anthony Bass. Yeah. Same <laughs> I was, guy. Yeah, I was I, I was, I was going between him you and go first. And then I was I'll going go. against him, him and Jimmy. Yes. Um, and I think Adam Simber is going to be important too, because yes, he does such a good job of limiting hard contact. You go, you go first with uh, with Bass, and Kay. then I'll counter with somebody else. Okay. Yeah, Anthony Bass obviously ha- has been at the Blue Jays before, and obviously came back this season from Miami. The slider is great. He's so good against righties. Terrific he's, season for him. He's going to be the guy that you'll bring in to face um, like Suarez and Rodriguez because he can throw that slider so far away from them and make it look like a strike that they will still go after it. He's kind yeah. of your neutralizer. I think if this game gets into, like, if, if the starter gets pulled, let's say it's the fifth inning and the starter gets pulled with a couple runners on base and you got ready's coming up, you're going to bass for that situation. You're not saving him for later in the game. Yeah, you're not fucking around. He's kind of like your 1B closer with him and Romano, um, where either one of those guys is going to come in and some pretty leveraged situations whether it's late in the game or kind of in the mid game it's going to be high leverage and to me i think bass if if he can he's probably going to pitch in at least two of these games if all goes well and he's got to be he's got to be perfect yeah i'm very interested to see and i'm very invested emotionally in seeing what type of impact uh david phelps is going to have very interesting position for him this is his first postseason appearance in what 12 years since 2012 since i think it was in his, his since his rookie season <laughs> he, he had a great year he was awesome the leader of the team in the bullpen anyway oh, definitely, presence. yes uh didn't see a lot of action uh in september only nine innings compared to the 12 that he saw in august um but uh overall just a great year for him i think uh, it's pretty safe to say he will be somebody that we see in six and seven inning spots if we see uh, starters get knocked out, particularly like uh, Kevin Gossman. I could see Phelps kind of coming in and cleaning up. If that happens, not saying I want it, not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying Phelps with yeah. that vet, like he, just him having that experience and, and being. Uh, who he is and what he throws. Uh, I like his stuff. I'm very curious to see 
where Jimmy Garcia is going to fit into the mix as well. There's really, we have such an interesting mix. Tim Meza is also a very interesting uh, closer as well. It could be that we see uh, him do some things, uh, especially uh, like eighth inning. Yeah. I really uh, wish that they would have released the roster by now because we could have talked about it. But. I know. This is really annoying because <laughs> I want to say that Matt Gage could be an interesting option, but we don't even know if he's on the fucking roster. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. See, there's some questions because we don't know. Is Yusei Kikuchi coming to the playoffs? Uh, is Jose Barrios <laughs> even going to be on the roster for the, uh, the the Seattle series? He just threw. Is that, you know, is that a factor? Would they take a gauge over Barrios for the series, knowing that they're going to need more relief arms and they need starters? Barrios hasn't had a particularly good season, uh, and Seattle knows him very well. Same with Yusei Kikuchi. Do you even want to try? So do you just load up on bullpen arms? Do you just call up Matt Gage? Do you just call up? Yeah, I you think know, you. I think you boys? do throw um, more more bullpen arms in the playoffs for sure. I think so, but I feel like it would. I don't see them not including Barrios on the roster. I just feel like that's a bit almost disrespectful. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I know who we're not going to see Casey Lawrence on this roster. We're probably not going to see Mitch White on this roster. It's going to be the three starters and then whatever the best ten bullpen arms were uh, in the system. Who. Uh, qualify. So I, I do think we'll see Matt Gage. Uh, I don't know if he'll throw anything, but who knows? Uh, and maybe they do keep one of Brios or Kikuchi in case of an injury, because that would really fuck us if someone got injured, you know, knock on wood, and we lost the starter. That'd be a disaster. Right? Yeah, it would be. <laughs> somebody, yeah, so somebody will. I would say Brios is the roster, and then yeah. Kikuchi will probably not uh, yeah Butters will probably be on the roster oh, and then gage will be on the roster uh you won't see thomas hatch you won't see Andy i wish we had more time to so i could do my anti-butters propaganda pitch but <laughs> yeah overall uh we've already made our predictions yep i don't think it'll be a, a sweep it'd be nice if it was but i just think seattle has too much to offer uh, with their pitching to go down so easily. Um, any final thoughts? No, I, I'm looking forward to playoffs. It, it does feel like it's been a long time. Obviously, the 2020 playoffs were kind of crappy because it was a short season and then got, the games were at the trough. Yeah. So really, it's it's been 2016 since a home playoff game at the Rogers yeah. Center. Moment, great moments like Encarnacion's walk-off against Baltimore, um, destroying the Rangers. <laughs> those two years in 2015 and 2016 so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i hope the dome is bumping i hope everybody has fun i hope nobody gets out of hand and does anything stupid as we already mentioned yeah um, don't be an asshole to seattle fans if no, you're welcome if you're an asshole in. to them you just stay home yeah welcome them in and shake That's their fun. hands and then uh, give them a pat on the back after you we win 10 to nothing so yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give them a little yeah just give them like just you know it's okay rip yeah. each other a little bit but don't be a fucking asshole. yeah don't be like a that, don't be a dick about it yeah that's yeah, I'm shitty but uh, that's it for me check, man <laughs> quick fact check for me 
The Jays went 31 and 16 in their final 47 games. You love that. I was getting at. Uh, so slightly better record than what I thought they had. Uh, I don't really have too much else to add. I did see a prediction just come our way uh, via the MLB network. Mark DeRosa's bracket includes the Toronto Blue Jays winning the World Series over the Los Angeles Dodgers. Love that. So you love to see it, but it's Thanks, pretty, pretty friggin' lofty. They do have the Jays beating the Yankees in the ALCS, which would be a dream come true. Yeah. Uh, that would, nothing would make me happier than to be able to shove that win right in Yankee uh, faces. Yeah. Um, let me throw one last thing at you too from Chris Black, Sportsnet producer at Down oh, to Black on Twitter. Yep. Uh, most hits versus 97 plus this season. We talked about this already. The Blue Jays lead Major League Baseball with 115 hits against 97 plus. No player in MLB has more hits versus 97 plus than Vlad Guerrero Jr. So. He's um, really, really, he's the guy they got to keep off the score sheet yep. if they're going to win. And two-thirds of the time, Castillo is throwing high velo to righties this year. So, mm. watch out. Right. <laughs> Could be interesting. Watch for the chocolate mousse. Either way, uh, I'll be honest with you. I like the Seattle team. I think they're great. Yeah. They, uh, I don't hate I – I don't, I don't dislike any player on the team. So, it's, it's too bad that yeah. one of these teams has to lose. <laughs> It is too bad, but... Um, I hope both teams have fun. Yeah, I hope both teams have fun. I'm done too. So uh, if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. BFMDpodcast.com is the website. Thanks for listening to the episode. We'll be back uh, Sunday evening, I think, by then. Yep. Sunday uh, mid-afternoon, we'll even. who won and who lost, and... Uh, That'll probably be either a very short episode or possibly a longer one. <laughs> it's impossible to say. Enjoy the baseball, guys. Patrick here in Halifax. He's Justin. Uh, let's uh, play some playoff ball. Hell yeah. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Ah!